from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and of course, children of all ages, welcome to the program. Yep, yep, yep. First name, Professor America Street. Second, the game is, of course, marketing, as in segmentation, targeting, positioning, and messaging to your customers. Listeners, you are to be saluted on a daily bay. Seize a baby, please. Sirius XM Channel 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Professor Americus Reed, and welcome to the program, Marketing Matters. We are super excited today because we have a very, very, wait for it, special themed program on the luxury market space. Now, I am particularly fascinated by this entire space. I've been interested in it for a long time, and I've been wanting to understand many of its aspects, many of its very curious nuances and how marketing occurs in the context of what we call, quote, luxury consumption, luxury products. So I am absolutely blessed to have with us on the program today, uh, Ludovica Cesario, who is Assistant Professor of Marketing at the College of Business, Lehigh University, and who is also a guru of said <laughs> topics. So uh, welcome to the program, uh, Ludo. Americus, thanks for having me. It's great to be back. It's, all, it's always a pleasure to have you here to pick your brain. I am excited. Before we jump into you just educating myself and our listeners, we're going to do a quick hit or miss segment. Uh, we do this on the show uh, every week. We talk about things that we see in the marketing world, and mm -hmm. we discuss whether or not we think these are hits or misses and some of the logic behind that as we begin to unpack the various topics and marketing-related issues that these specific examples seem to illustrate. So I'm going to go ahead and start uh, with our hit or miss a segment, uh, Ludo. Good. So, so, so you just had. Let me just let me just make sure I get this correct. You just had your second child. Is that correct? I'm about to. I'm three weeks away from having wow. him. So excellent. <laughs> I'm excellent. Getting there. <laughs> getting there. This is awesome. The reason why I'm asking. The reason why I'm asking you about this, Ludo, is because as you, you're a seasoned parent, this is baby number two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I remember when I was a parent and I was trying to figure out this world of baby products. Indeed. And one of the things that, that I had to, at some point, uh, try to figure out was the notion of what stroller to get. Okay. Yes. So, so <laughs> my, so my hit There's or miss. There's a lot to figure out in terms a lot, of strollers. It's, it's tons of stuff to figure out. Right? <laughs> the main thing is fear. You're afraid that you're going to do something to hurt that little baby. Yeah, you know, you're just you're over panicked. It's all of these things. But I just saw this re recently, Ludo, and I want to get your thoughts on this as a potential mm -hmm. hit or miss. So mm -hmm. this is an actual uh, product that is out there. It is a baby stroller yep. that is efficient, officially licensed by Bentley. Okay, so <laughs> so for those of us who you know dream of bubbling hard in the double R, as uh, Jay-Z <laughs> says. Uh, it's an actual stroller called the six-in-one trike. It is branded by Bentley, right? Yes. Rolls Royce. Yes. And what's, what's kind of cool about it is that it's kind of like it's this, it, it, it sort of evolves with the child. So it starts off with just kind of the stroller. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like sort of the, the, the exercise with the baby that you can do. And then at some yep. point it actually becomes a bike that the child can, they can use on their own that they can use on their own. So I, I want you to talk about this because <laughs> first of all, you got to educate me. I was like, maybe I need to get this, even though my, my daughter's 10 years old now, <laughs> But but it might be my last. I mean, she offer. might love the bicycle component of it right now. She, you know? she could, and it would be the only time that she would ever get close to a Bentley that has to do with my money. 
Uh, That's true. Because so it's what $600. It's worth very, very for. Yeah. It's like six or 700 <laughs> yeah. bucks. And I'm just, yeah. I mean, I'm envisioning the parent. I want you to help me just talk through the talk to the luxury. Talk, is this, does this hurt the Rolls Royce brand? Does it help? Yeah. Uh, talk to me. Cause you do a lot of work on uh, like knockoffs and counterfeits. You do other work on what happens to the equity of, of these great luxury brands when they expand. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit right. about that and tell, tell me about what you think about this example. Well, so specifically, right, you're mentioning, let's treat this as a brand extension, right? So they're moving from, you know, Bentley cars, high-end, very premium, ultra luxury cars into the children's space. Mm-hmm. And you know, since we're calling, you're calling the segment hit or miss, um, if I had to guess, I'm going to say this is going to be a hit. And the only reason I say that is because they're not the first brand to do that. Oh. Uh, think of McLaren, right? So we're talking ah. about Formula One racing. They completely launched a new brand into the baby product space, where now they make a whole array of products that serve hmm. children specifically. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and it's been doing super well. And, it, you know, I now we, we bought a new house, right? Having a second baby. So we live in a neighborhood with lots of kids. And I actually have seen parents pushing these strollers around. Mm, um, you know, Aston Martin also made a collaboration. Oh, uh, and they okay. launched their own, um, you know, super high-end stroller. And it's funny to me because right, I'm not a car aficionado, but when I read the descriptions of these products, they're described like an ultra luxury car, like mm. the suspension system and, <laughs> you know, the super wheels and all these things that, you know, it, as a first time parent, I didn't really care about, but now that I have a child and I'm having a second one, these are actually really important things, especially when you're thinking about taking them around the city and the comfort of the child and your own comfort. And so I think the luxury brands do this, the car brands, right? There's tons Mm -hmm. of luxury collaborations into the baby space from Versace to Fendi Mm -hmm. uh, to Dior. So it's really tapping into a space that has demand, right? Because if Mm -hmm. you think about, you know, strollers, they're a very social uh, Mm. product. They're a publicly Ah. consumed product. So I think that's the key here, right? That, you know, luxury is all about signaling. Mm. Um, And, you know, we've transitioned from conspicuous to inconspicuous, but the, the, the conspicuous of it is still a really important part of why consumers purchase luxury in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so if I can say something about myself while just taking my little child out on a walk, then I'm more likely to buy that product. Um, and that's why you see these collaborations, right? Because people do notice, uh, especially uh, if it's, mm-hmm. you know, a specific logo or a certain pattern that you know is recognizable as from that brand um a parent who's in the know talking mm-hmm. about the inconspicuous of it uh mm-hmm. will buy that product so i think it's going to be a hit um again i have seen it around town even just in philadelphia uh-huh. so i do think that's the reason why they do it because they know there's parents who like to consume luxury and then you know as parents you're a parent yourself you're you're willing to spend crazy amounts on these children uh, and so spending six hundred dollars on a convertible tricycle right is yeah you're thinking as an investment you're like well i'm gonna take them out when they're six months but then by the time they're three years old it's a super high-end product it will last right durability quality all things that luxury brands are all about Mm -hmm. um you're seeing it as an investment so i actually think it's going to be a really big hit Interesting. And so there is a, a bit of the, tell me about this. Is there a bit of the brand? So it, it can, these sort of collaborations, Ludo, they can never hurt the brand, right? Or talk to me through the, the logic of the decision calculus around the equity of the brand, right? So you have, you know, this is going to make the brand, mm-hmm. these brands much more accessible, let's say, to a wider group of, of consumers. So is there, is there, 
exposure or risk associated with that? Or is it all upside? Yeah. No, there is a risk, right? So there's a, a really fun paper a few years ago called Brand Tourists. So the idea here is that, you know, the person who owns the Bentley, the parent who owns the Bentley trike, most likely does not own a Bentley car, mm. right? So there's these extensions and that's why it's brand tourists that are giving you access to a brand without being able to afford whatever the main product is that they're, um, you know, selling. Mm -hmm. um, so there are some instances where this can hurt the brand, right? If it's an overextension, if you're going too far from what your core business is. But if you think about the stroller itself, right? Mm -hmm. It has, because of the wheels and like the suspension systems, they're actually really related laying a lot on what their core business is, which is the cars. Oh, so it's actually, if you think about it from that perspective, it's not a crazy extension. And that's mm -hmm. why I think it can't backfire. Mm. But if all of a sudden we start seeing, I don't know, something completely unrelated and it's just branded Bentley, then that's definitely going to dilute the brand, right? And, and, mm -hmm. and exclusivity is what luxury is all about. So you don't gotcha. want everybody. And keep in mind, I don't know if this is true for Bentley, but I know for sure it's true for uh, Aston Martin, when they did their strollers, they only made 600 pieces. Mm. So they're mm -hmm. limiting supply on yep. purpose, mm -hmm. right? So some people can get access to it, but it's not like everybody now will have, you know, a Bentley uh, trike or an Aston Martin stroller. Gotcha. So they're still trying to maintain that exclusivity, even though they're extending the footprint of the brand. Very, very cool. That's interesting. Uh, Bentley Motors, um, you just got a big plug from Professor America. <laughs> right? So uh, if you like, if you're out there listening, uh, you can send me a Bentley, a double R. I'm happy to uh, continue yeah. promoting your brand. Uh, that's awesome. So you're saying it's a hit. I, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that it's it's kind of win-win. But what I really like about what you said, Ludo, is that you, you made the point about the value proposition. It, it fits. There's a synergy between what is important yeah. about the features of the stroller and what you can say we have expertise in as a brand of that car company, right? Absolutely. That's, that's paramount, right? You can't, you can't be good at everything. And brands really know that. And the brands that do best are the ones that stay in their, you know, main wheelhouse to remain in the car uh, space. And so again, it is a completely different product, but the features that they're highlighting about the product are things that they have extreme expertise in. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why they can charge what they charge for their cars. Um, so there's not, it, again, it depends. There's there's not always upsides, but I think in this case, there's only upsides for Bentley. Interesting. Listeners, we are speaking with Professor Ludovica Cesario, who is Professor of Marketing College of Business uh, Administration at Lehigh University and an expert on luxury consumption and all things luxury consumption. Uh, so that's great. So that's a hit. So what have you got that you would like to offer up for our listeners, uh, Ludo? Yeah, with so, <laughs> I was... Um, I was um, looking at my Instagram the other day. There's this fantastic account that I follow that I highly recommend for, you know, fashion aficionados called Diet Prada. Um, and they cover everything fashion. There are these two women, they're super experts. And they were saying how um, Converse, right? The famous mm -hmm. sneakers brand, they just mm -hmm. released this line of um, National Park inspired Chuck Taylor All-Stars. Okay. So, Right. Let's, and they're inspired by the vistas of these national parks. So okay. if I just tell you that, do you think that's a good idea? Is that a hit or a miss? Like, let's start from there and then I'll tell you the rest of the story. Excellent. Yeah. It, just with that preliminary information, Ludo, <laughs> I would say what WTH, what is go vistas and Chuck Taylor's? I'm not quite seeing that connection yet. Give me the aha right. moment. <laughs> so the aha moment is, well, 
when I actually heard of it before seeing any of the edges, I was like, oh, you know, that's cool. Like they're, they're thinking about nature and all of its changing, you know, landscapes. And then this is where Diaprata comes in. Apparently the design, and they release them, right? People are loving them, but it appears that they uh, knocked off the design, talking about counterfeits, um, from this young designer, um, Cecilia Monge, I think is her name. And she went on TikTok and she released her own designs for these shoes because she applied for an internship with them last oh, year mm-hmm. and so apparently she sent them her portfolio which included these nat- you know national parks inspired shoes and now you you know you're gonna go google it and find it and it's kind of <laughs> uncanny how much they look like the ones that she sent in uh-huh. right and so i've been following this saga because again i thought the idea the concept to me was actually a hit because i mm-hmm. feel like people you know and we can talk about sustainability i know we'll talk about it later yes. it's very important especially for young consumers right so mm-hmm. and these shoes are uh, commerce's first move into the completely sustainable uh, shoe business. Um, uh, you know, so they're made entirely from recycled materials. And so, you know, the plug into the national parks makes sense. I see, I see. Um, but then I saw, you know, that the designs, I mean, really look similar. They use the exact same horizontal stripes with the Ooh. same color pattern. And so, you know, I've been following the saga and apparently today Converse responded uh-huh. um, saying that, Uh, They do not typically solicit portfolios from their applicants. Uh Um, And so there is no way they could have gotten access to this design. But, you know, she herself in her video said, I sent them the images to go above and beyond in my application. So I would stand out from, you know, there's thousands of applicants every year for these internships. Interesting. So no, I mean... It's going to be tough, right? Like, and Diaprata is always very, very critical of, you know, big brands stealing from young designers. Totally. Um, so again, I, I thought it would have been a hit, but given what I've seen so far and not knowing anything else, I'm concerned it's going to be a bit of a miss. Interesting. I, it, it's a, it has a little bit of a, a flavor of both in, in the sense that what you were describing, Ludo, which is this idea that I love the idea of like, when you put the sustainability piece into that, like, wow, that's really cool, right? Because it's sort of like sustainable, quote, sustainability, that means nothing to people. Right. So how do I make it come alive? Well, I, <laughs> I show them the vistas, the beautiful uh, landscapes that are being protected yeah. when, you, when, you, when you engage in these uh, sustainability initiatives. So it's a brilliant kind of way to sort of uh, make real uh, or more real uh, a really serious problem. So I, I love that piece. It's, that's the hit part, I think, is what you're saying here. But the miss part is, unfortunately, this this unfortunate kind of uh, right. thing. It's kind of like when Vanilla Ice came out when he did his song Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, he said I wasn't borrowing <laughs> from David Bowie. It's like the, there's there's a there's one different note in, in the uh, in the entire melody. It's like no, we're not, right. we're not buying that. So again, I think that the miss piece is very much one of those things where is the so so it's it's like the idea versus execution the exactly. idea was fantastic and the execution left a little bit uh to be yeah done. especially if it's if they actually did you know see her work and then were yeah. quote, inspired right it's a little too similar to be just inspiration right and so then you know yeah. talking about counterfeits and knockoffs and you're talking about a big established brand versus a person, right? A young designer. It's going to yeah. be really tough for her to, you know, get anything from them if they did indeed steal. And they're not saying they did, right? They're like, oh, we never get any portfolios from our applicants. So of course they went the protective route. Like we gotcha. didn't do anything wrong. Interesting. Um, so I'm just upset because again, the concept I thought was brilliant, especially mm. given how young consumers who, you know, purchase 
Converse All-Stars are super in tune with sustainability and it's a big force in the luxury space as well. Mm -hmm. And it just made me upset that, you know, it turned out to be quote a fail because they just took the idea apparently from a young person that just wanted to be in their internship program. So interesting listeners. Well, there you have it. Those are our two hit and misses uh, for today's program. I want to transition now while we have you here, Professor Ludovica Cesario, Assistant Professor of Marketing uh, at the College of Business at Lehigh University and absolute guru on everything luxury. <laughs> so I need you to help me because the, 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 the luxury concept, Ludo, is, is a moving target for me. Give, me. give me the definition of luxury. Has it changed pre-post pandemic? Talk to me about some of the basics. What are you seeing in the industry? Some of yeah. those important kind of level setting uh, issues. That's a great question. So I think the concept of luxury itself is constantly evolving and it has to evolve because the consumers, right? The customers are changing. Um, and so, you know, we just talked about sustainability and I think in the past, a lot of executives would have said, well, you know, luxury and sustainability are, is really an oxymoron, right? They're based on mm. completely different logics. One is about excess, abundance, and opulence, and one is about, you know, restraint and respect. So mm. they were really kind of at, you know, uh, ends on a spectrum. But mm -hmm. however, because, you know, consumers are now super... Um, accountable towards the environment, right? The younger consumers are especially, and by the way, millennials and Gen Zs, right? So consumers who are now in their, you know, 20s, 30s, early 40s are going to be the biggest customer for luxury brands mm. in just a couple of years. And so if we're trying to, you know, think about how do we keep them as our customers? How do we win them over? Mm -hmm. The traditional, you know, wealth-based concept of luxury is not going to work. Mm. Um, these consumers, I mean, luxury is a way to signal, right? We've, we've said this many times, but what luxury is signaling, I think, is changing. Um, oh, okay. That's interesting. So, okay. so that's actually one of my latest research projects is looking okay. at how is signaling via luxury brands changing and oh, why is sustainability such a key part of it and okay. i think it's because these younger consumers who again are going to be the main luxury customer really care about the environment really care about sustainability they feel highly accountable towards it as an example think of your classes you know when we were in person how many of your students had a reusable water bottle Yep. Mm -hmm. Most of them, I would most say. Of them. Right? Yep. Most of your students have a reusable water bottle. A lot of them buy swell water bottles, which are these very yes. high end, expensive, like $50 water bottles. Yes. So even just that on their desk is a signal to their mm. peers, to you, that they care about the environment, that they don't want to use, you know, a single use plastic bottle. And right. so we're seeing this shift in luxury as well, um, where brands are becoming, are including sustainability into their business practices in a variety of ways, whether it's sourcing, you know, reusable or recycled materials, whether it's changing their production processes. And of course that goes into labor practices as well, mm. or they're thinking about, you know, end of life of the product. And that's why you've seen a boom in the secondhand luxury market. Ah, so there's really been, you know, sustainability is again, as you said, right, nobody really knows what it is, but right. brands are trying to make it, you know, their own. Um, and so they're doing it in different ways, but they are doing it. So luxury is shifting, I think, to be more sustainable, um, because it realizes that the consumers want it to be more sustainable. Mm. Um, 
And then just a quick side note on the pandemic. Um, I was actually reading the latest report from Bain yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, luxury is doing just fine. <laughs> we, <laughs> we thought, you know, last year the numbers were, were down. No, luxury is coming back full swing, especially driven by sales in Asia. So China, mm-hmm. Japan are really driving this uh, reprise of luxury. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's fascinating to me is that it's been driven by online sales, ah, which if you okay. think about it in the past, we've talked about how, Online is really hard for luxury, right? Because part of that luxurious experience is the in-store experience. Yes. Uh, There's something about, you know, the aspirational side to it of being in that, you know, Prada Gucci store in Soho in Manhattan that drives the experience. And yet, because of the pandemic, luxury had to figure out how to give that same experience online. And so we've actually seen a spike in online sales for luxury and it's supposed to be back up this year. So mm. the originally they were saying it's going to take two, three years for luxury to come back. No, they've already, the forecasts have changed. And by this year, they're expecting it to grow again. Interesting. Listeners, we are speaking with Professor Ludovica Cesario, Assistant Professor of Marketing, College of Business uh, at Lehigh University. Lehigh University. Uh, she is the guru. She is the expert on all <laughs> things luxury. Uh, she has just started a research project. I, this is fascinating. I want you to unpack this a bit more in the remaining mm-hmm. time that we have, Ludo. So with this research project that you're working on, uh, how, because the the thing that you said that was super fascinating to me is this notion of the dissonance potentially between sustainability logic and traditional, I'll call it traditional luxury logic. How do consumers reduce that dissonance? How do they, how do they, do they create a new concept like sustainable luxury is somehow different than kind of traditional luxury how do they how do they navigate the psychological aspects of, yeah. of this new of this new sort of luxury you know 2.0 if you will yeah i love that you say that right so for this younger consumer that purchases sustainable luxury and keep in mind in all the studies that we've run we always give them a choice with the more traditional luxury oh, okay. so because okay. in the real world right when you go into a store you have all the options available to you so in all of the lab studies that we've done we've tried to be as realistic as possible and not just show them one or the other because that's mm-hmm. not how the marketplace works mm-hmm. and so what you called which i love is this idea of a luxury plus So Mm -hmm. there's still that signaling component that has not changed, right? Like consumers purchase luxury to signal something about themselves, right? The identity signaling component hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. What has changed is what is being signaled. So Mm -hmm. the older consumer cohort is signaling traditionally wealth, right? You purchase luxury to signal wealth, to signal status, to signal prestige. Mm -hmm. The younger consumer cohort is trying to signal via the luxury purchases that they make the values that they care about. So um, it's really this idea of self-enhancement versus self-expression, right? Mm -hmm. The traditional older consumer purchases luxury as a way to enhance the self. The younger consumers purchasing luxury as a way to express who they are. So if I can satisfy both that signaling need and that value, you know, identity, Mm -hmm. uh, that's why they will purchase the sustainable product. So to give you a concrete example, you know, Prada, one of the most Mm -hmm. famous luxury brands in the world, Mm -hmm. they're very well known for their nylon products. Mm -hmm. Um, And yet... In 2019, they launched this new collection called Re-Nylon, which is made of Econail, which is this material that is upcycled plastic from the ocean mm-hmm. um, that gets spun back into a, a weave, and then they can make their, their verses travel bags out of it. And it's been doing incredibly well with the younger generation, right, with the millennials and the Gen Zs. And so we mm-hmm. use those stimuli in our studies, and what we find is exactly that, that the younger consumer 
is more likely to buy this re-nylon collection. Again, keep the price the same. Gotcha. Uh, they are priced the same. Um, while an older generation prefers the more traditional luxury. And we think it's because they're signaling something about themselves, that they care about the environment and that they're basically holding the brand accountable for mm -hmm. the same values that they you know, hold themselves accountable for. Um, and so it, it's been a really fun project to work on. And we've done a few field experiments as well, right? To be in the real world, we did sure. Facebook advertising studies mm -hmm. uh, where we showed consumers real products. And, you know, there we can control the ages and nice. see who's clicking, sharing, who's yep. commenting. And that's what we find, that when the product featured is a sustainable luxury product, the younger consumer is more likely to share it, comment it, you know, react to it. You know, there's all these reactions on Facebook. Well, the product, when the but it's traditional and older consumers more likely to engage with it. So again, mm -hmm. I think this just speaks to how luxury is changing um, and how some brands are understanding that, you know, the new consumers want a luxury plus, as you were saying, right, an enhanced mm -hmm. luxury. Um, and so they're still expecting the same level of, you know, quality, craftsmanship, mm -hmm. uh, brand heritage, like that hasn't changed, but the sustainability component of it is now really important. And so brands need to cater to that in order to continue to have um, a customer base. Interesting, really quickly, because we're pushing up on time here, Ludo. How much yeah. of this for the younger consumer is a kind of moral licensing? It's like, I can, I want to buy really nice things, but I don't want to feel bad and guilty about buying really nice, luxurious things. So <laughs> if I buy this thing and I'm also feeling like I'm taking care of the environment, that helps sort of soothe my psychological comfort as well. Is there any part of that uh, that's going on here as well? So we 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 uh, tested for that in one of the studies to make sure that that was not what was you know driving the driving the um, the effect. It happens in every age. So if it only happened for younger consumers, you could argue that that was that was the process, right? There, it's a more licensing story. But because it's happening across all of the generations, there has to be something else going mm -hmm. on. And I do think it's because of these, you know, heightened sensitivity and heightened self accountability towards the environment. I mean, I think everybody, you know, if I can be good while purchasing an expensive product for myself, I think that's true regardless of age. Mm -hmm. um, but I I don't think it's what's actually happening here and why they're purchasing it specifically interesting so it really um, is it really is an authentic desire to express these core values through uh, yes a new, through a, new a purchase because mm -hmm. right because the signaling component is still there mm -hmm. you could argue if it was just a private consumption then you know it wouldn't have mattered but because it is a social right consumption and like there's a status signaling aspect to it then i, I do think that's what's going on um and we do test for just their self-accountability in general and it is higher for younger consumers because if you think about it it affects them well us uh, more directly <laughs> than the older generations right very very cool professor ludovica cesario thank you so much for joining me tonight where can uh, listeners go to uh, learn more about your work and to follow all of this very cool stuff that you're doing yeah, they can go to my website, ludovicchazario.com, and everything is there. Well, you're going to have to spell that out, though. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, do that, that went really fast. I know you speak Italian. Sorry. and you're, yes. I know. So it's my first name, L-U-D-O-V-I-C-A, and my last name, C-E-S-A-R-E-O.com. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate you spending some time with us. And uh, we're going to take a short break. Listeners, if you're enjoying this as a podcast, remember we air live on Sirius XM channel 132 every Wednesday, 5 to 6 p.m. And we replay several times throughout the week. Up next, we have Shamin Abbas, president and CEO at Shamin Abbas Communications, brand marketing and business development for ultra luxury brands and the ultra high net consumer. You're listening to Marketing Matters. This is Professor Americus Reed, Sirius XM channel 132.